Greetings, everyone. I see the lights on, so I guess we're we're live, but or not live, live. But anyway, we're recording. Um, the title of my lesson this morning is called uh, "To Pre To Preserve You a Posterity," and <coughs> for uh, several months ago, um, in my daily devotion, I read. Um, the story of Joseph, and um, it's one of my very favorite Bible stories, and um, and my my favorite part is you know after he was sold into slavery, my favorite part is is his forgiveness, and uh, that toward his brothers and. Um, One of my favorite parts. I guess I'm have to put these readers on. But one of my favorite parts of the story is when his brothers go into Egypt to buy food, and through a series of events, Joseph, still not known to his brothers, requires them to bring Benjamin back with them in order to be able to buy more food. And when Joseph sees Benjamin, <coughs> he has to go find a place to weep, and. It, then when he could no longer stand it, he, uh, or can no longer contain himself, <coughs> excuse me, he reveals to his brothers who he is. So beginning in Genesis 45, uh, beginning with verse 4, and Joseph said unto his brethren, come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. And uh, this is going to be kind of a twofold lesson. So, and this is the, this is the first part. Um, so, so he tells them that he is their brother that he, that they had sold into Egypt. Now, we weren't sold into Egypt, but we were given the left foot of fellowship, and we were blacklisted. <laughs> um, so continuing in verse 5. <coughs> now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in the which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. So like Joseph, God had a greater plan for this house and a greater calling for our lives. And one of the things that the Father has told us is that I kept asking the Lord, well, how, how does this story relate to who we are and where we are and what we're doing? And, um, you know, like Joseph, he was sent into Egypt or, or sold into Egypt as a slave. And, you know, we were basically kicked out of our um, of our fellowship and um, one of the things though that the father has told us is that we will speak back into that fellowship and um, we know that that's already been happening it's been happening for a, a few years now so continuing in verse 7 and God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance 
So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God, and he hath made me a father to Pharaoh, and lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Joseph was a dreamer, and God showed him in dreams concerning his purpose, and God sent him ahead to prepare the way to preserve life and, and for the deliverance of the people, his people. And God had made him ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. And I was reminded of the, the verse in Revelation 5.10 that says, And hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And, you know, the Lord is, has developed us and um, caused us to, to go out into all the earth and he's uh, causing us to rule and um, in the earth through the things that we speak and the, the, the words that we declare. And um, so going on to um, each time his brothers came to buy food, Joseph would ask them, is your father yet alive? Is he well? And eventually he sent, his, sent to have his father and brothers and their families all brought to Egypt so that he could care for them. So I, um, my thinking, I guess my thinking as far as all this goes is that, you know, the Lord has sent us ahead um, and poured revelation into our house, revelation that we have shared and with, you know, shared around the world, and the Lord has begun um, like I said over the last few years us speaking back into the fellowship from whence we came and um, so he has sent us ahead to prepare the way and to preserve life for deliverance um And when Joseph sent for his family to come and to live so that he could care for them, um, I was reminded of the verse in John that says, uh, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Um, and so when Joseph sent them to get his father he told him, um, he said, go and tell my father that I am alive and tell him of my glory and tell him that I am Lord over all of Egypt. And this is what the Lord is doing with us. Um, his glory uh, is with us and, um, and he ha is making us uh, lords in, in a sense kings and priests by sending us to to the out into the world and to declare what um, the Lord has given us and um, this phrase I highlighted in, in verse 7 me and God sent me before you that phrase me before you uh, is the word I, I'm going to pronounce Panim, um, and it comes from Panna, and I, I um, 
quoted from Line Up Online, and I'll just read that to give us the definition of me before you. It's translated as the nouns face and presence and to turn and to prepare as, as a verb in the Old Testament. And one of several derivatives of the root word pana or pana, whichever, um, however it's pronounced, uh, which means to turn towards a direction, a person, or a thing. And we've talked about this word a lot, um, about being face-to-face with God. And pane is simply the role of the presence of God as it works within and through us to be face-to-face with God and to literally be in his presence are one and the same. The face of God means that means the intimacy of being one with him in closeness and agenda. Literally, to turn the face implies such intimate friendship wherein we will never miss the, the nuances of his ways, turnings, or timing. What it means to be face-to-face with God is to align our innermost spiritual capabilities with his, and we are bonded to accomplish the divine will, and therefore willing to continually commit ourselves to whatever might be required of us. And Joseph recognized he was in close communion with God, and he recognized that his being sold into slavery um, had been God's divine will and that it was for the purpose of deliverance and then this word to preserve <coughs> or preserve the word preserve in in the phrase to preserve life is our word sum which we're all familiar with meaning to align with God's divine calling and placement sum is also linked with tithe which we know is always something that is sown into a place or a person of purpose either by God toward mankind or by the sons of God on behalf of the purposes of God. The people of God are entrusted with the calling to enforce the mandates of Zion. We are placed to enact the anointing sufficient to build up the places of the earth, having become destitute and to spark a a move of God upon the face of the earth. So Joseph accepted his, um, accepted God's calling and placement as being sown into Egypt on behalf of the purpose of God. And then this phrase, you, a posterity, it's translated as remnant, residue, rest, remainder, and escaped in the Old Testament, meaning a remainder or residual portion, the remaining part or the survivors to put for you a remnant. and that is what God has, has made us in. Um, so to save your lives by deliverance. Paleta, um, I guess is how you say that. Um, it's translated as escape, deliverance, and remnant in the Old Testament, meaning deliverance and an escaped portion. What has es- or what has escaped, and especially those who have escaped from a slaughter in war. And then coming to verse 24. So Joseph sent his brethren, brethren away, and they departed, and he said unto them, See that ye fall not out by the way. And 
this was the the phrase that actually caught my attention as I was reading um, this account and commentaries suggest that the brothers were apt to be quarrelsome and that's what when he why he said fall not out by the way um, the um, the Hebrew word means to quiver with violent emotion especially anger or fear or to be moved to be disturbed disquieted or be excited so I can see why the why commentators would um, suggest that it was be that he said that to them so that they wouldn't be arguing on their way back to get their father and families but I would hope by I mean this had been years that they had sold him so I would hope that they had been matured and and grown up by now and wouldn't be quarreling along the way but so that's why um, what the Lord was speaking to me I would also suggest that Joseph when he said that to them was warning them not to fall from the path of purpose he had sent them on a mi mission and that was to bring back the family to bring deliverance to the family and preserve them and um, that phrase fall not out by the way reminded me of uh, a verse in second Kings when Elisha told Gehazi uh, when he sent Gehazi to uh, lay his staff upon the face of the Shunammite woman's son who had died and uh, verse 2 Kings 4:29 says then he said then he said talking about Elisha to Gehazi gird up thy loins and take my staff in thine hand and go thy way if thou meet any man salute him not and if any salute thee answer him not again and lay my staff upon the face of the child Gehazi was sent on a mission and he was sent for a specific purpose he was to go straight there and do what he was commissioned to do and not salute any man and this word salute is the word we know also that we've studied before uh, Barak meaning to bow the knee and to bless he was Gehazi was my teeth keep whistling I never used to do that until I did those <laughs> so sorry about the whistling uh, <laughs> so he was sent on a mission he had a specific mission that he was to accomplish and uh, Elisha told him not to salute any by the, the by the way and um, you know the Lord has put us on this pathway of purpose and we're to stay focused and to go forth and to do what the Lord has commissioned us to do and you know don't let this pull us this way or something else pull us that way and um, so that so this is the first point of the lesson that I wanted to make is that we stay on the pathway that God has chosen for us and but staying on it will require us staying in close relationship with him we need to be be face to face with the Father, and um, because that leads me to the to the next point I want to talk about. Um, 
you, Stacy. <laughs> story and um, and I know that a lot of us can really identify with what happened to him and I think something the Lord has shown us over these years is that you know when things don't look right the first thing that most Christians do is begin to bind the enemy and to think that you know all these bad mm -hmm. things are happening but it's not of the Lord and we've learned that Excuse me. We've learned that <coughs> often the very pathway of the Lord is just the opposite of what you would think it what would we look think. like. Yeah. And you wouldn't think that being thrown into the pit to be sold into slavery would be God's plan. That doesn't sound like certainly something we don't want to hear, but the thing that, that is so clearly said is that that pathway, though, that is not um, in the appearance of it doesn't look like the Lord it is you know you're face to face with God in the midst mm -hmm. of that situation and you're being aligned with his eternal foundational purpose mm -hmm. in order to affect his will upon the earth those two words I mean saying you know for Joseph to to make that point that is something that he learned right. in that process is that, you know, he, I was face to face with God in the midst of the situation and I was put in alignment with his plan so that his will would be accomplished. Mm -hmm. And I just think that is a fantastic find, Nancy. I just, I love it. I love that you found that. Because, you know, <clears throat> When we, you know, going through life and, and, you know, we're all committed to this walk and to the purpose of the Lord and to what he's called us to. And, but then when things arise, you know, situations arise or, or challenges arise, you know, um, we have to stay. It's, it's so important that we stay face to face and commune with the Lord and um, so that we don't go off our path. And um, that's why I think that, you know, I mean, I don't disagree with the commentaries um, that suggest, you know, he was telling his brothers not to quarrel. Truly, I would hope that they had been matured by that then. And um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think they had to be discussing uh, what they had done. What, well, yeah, and whether or not to tell the father. And if they did tell the father, what shall they tell him? True. And that can cause a lot of argument and debate along the way. True. Well, we saw their discussions yeah. as they threw him in the pit and all the things that, yeah. you know, that they discussed. And it was always trying to find a, a common ground amongst all those yeah. little heathens. But, uh, you know, the thing is that when we, you know, he would not have fulfilled his purpose had he stayed in Egypt. Mm -hmm. I mean, had he stayed in the Promised mm -hmm. Land because yeah. they were already in Canaan. Brought God brought him out of the Promised Land, 
and into this other situation for a reason as well. But you think about it, he would not have fulfilled his purpose had he stayed in a comfortable place, had he stayed in a place of favor with his dad. And, you know, I mean, I just think about um, when we're pulled away from something, you know, we think, oh, that's not God, that can't be the Lord. You know, I'm supposed to be doing this or... Yeah, this is too uncomfortable, it can't be God. Well, and this is where I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm supposed to be with my family or whatever you want to call it. But um, anytime, you know, something in your life is disrupted or stopped or, and it's, you know, it can be abrupt, you know, and most people think, you know, that's the enemy coming against you or whatever, but this is God bringing his soon also upon you. Yeah. He's saying, you've got to be in a line with what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And he does that with us to bring us into alignment because, you know, we do get, we get to, in our thinking what the way it's supposed to look, the way we're supposed to go. And it even looks like God's pointing that way. Mm -hmm. And God will do something that's abrupt or he'll change something abruptly. And it looks like the enemy because it's negative and it's painful and maybe it causes some, I mean, think about it. I mean, he could have been killed. Yeah. Of course, God had his hand on that, but you know, anything could have happened. And that was the intent of the brothers. And so, to... right. But so anything could have happened to Joseph in that situation. And so it looks perilous. It looks, you know, like all things are going to be bad and there's no way. And I don't know if at that point in the pit, if, as he, if he was saying, oh, my God, my dream's not going to be fulfilled. You know, he may have been more afraid for his life than he was about the dream being fulfilled. Right. But you had to admit that at least at some point after that, he was in some kind of bondage for what 15 years or so you had to be thinking about that dream well I guess that's not going to happen you know just shoot that out of the water because that's a done deal yeah that's I mean he home. wasn't thinking there's no way for that to be fulfilled because mm -hmm. he didn't know what it meant really he didn't know what the fulfillment of the dream actually was going to materialize and look like so often we have these perspectives about how God's going to do something even as far along as we are, we kind of have an idea. Yes, we're going to the nations, blah, blah, blah. So we have this idea. So how is God going to make that, though, actually materialize? And we have to be careful that we keep in mind this face-to-face -face mm -hmm. and assume. I mean, they really do go together to keep us in alignment, us in alignment. with our pathway. Mm -hmm. And it's not always going to look like that pathway is being fulfilled. But again, if you're face-to-face, -face, I'm telling you, it's going to be. Right. No matter what the circumstances actually look like. And I just find that, and of course then you've got the, the, the posterity thing, meaning, you know, that fruitfulness, the fulfillment, you know, what is going to occur. These things happen to bring about that posterity for others. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, I just think that that, that is an amazing little nugget, Nance. And and for us, um, you know, coming out of a, a major uh, movement, uh, the fact that God said, you know, He has sent us ahead. He's given the poured the, His revelation into this house, which we've taken to the nations. But He did say we would be speaking back into those from whom we came. And um, and they intended evil against us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about it, you know, knowing God can do anything, start with that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm I'm wondering how else 
other than what happened where Joseph was sold into slavery and he found favor with the king and now here he is in glory, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, how else would there be a favorable reception of Jacob and all the people, uh, yeah, of Jacob and all the people in Egypt? Mm -hmm. First of all, they couldn't invade Right. <clears throat> because God had said, this is your land and go no further, right? Mm -hmm. So invasion would be breaking a promise. Yeah. So how else is it going to happen that those people could go there <clears throat> and live <clears throat> for as long as they did? And of course, we know what happened when they left. Right. But I don't see any other way that that could happen other than someone being there as part of the house. And being accepted. <clears throat> probably as a slave, then be accepted and found favor, mm -hmm. and one day be in charge. I don't see how, uh, I don't see any other way that that could happen. You know, it was a sacrifice for Joseph. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, he, it wasn't one that he, um, that he planned, but it was a sacrifice, you know, of his life and being with his family. And yeah. And things. I did see your hand, Liz. You did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I've just been thinking about a lot of things while you've been talking. And, um, so this, on page two, below verse 24, this, you know, the thing about fall not out of the way. Um, you know, one of the most strong, um, emotions or reactions we have is what's called self-preservation, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, these brothers of his, you know, they, they knew what they did, and they knew Joseph knew what they did. And, you know, they're, you know, they, they may be more concerned about self-preservation than just, you know, arguing back and forth. Because, right. yeah. you know, they're thinking, I mean, because Joseph was second in the land. If he wanted to have somebody's head lopped off, I mean, it was no big deal. I mean, he, he could do whatever, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he was the second in the land of favor, very powerful person. And they're realizing, <coughs> you know, they're remembering what they did. They've, they've known what they did all their lives. And they've, you know, they did that as young people, and they've matured and grown, and that's been with them ever since they did it, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I personally think, you know, when he says, fall not out of the way, I think he's addressing very probable fear that they would have that he's going to, you know, once he gets Benjamin and dad back, then it's payback time. Okay? Now mm -hmm. we know Joseph wasn't wasn't thinking that, but they didn't know that. They didn't know that. Right. Um, you know, also I think that um, you know, we, we think about Joseph and this is a wonderful story and the coat of many colors and now he had all this favor and all this. You know, he was a kid. Mm -hmm. And they were, they were quarrelsome brothers. And his brother stood in a pit. I mean, he didn't have a choice to go become Pharaoh's servant. I mean, right? He didn't choose that path. They threw him in there. And he was fearful. He had to be fearful. You know, he was sold into slavery. He didn't know Take how away this from was his family. I mean, we're looking back over years of history where it's now evident that the purpose of God and the favor and all that, even though he had the dream, he was also human, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I think about Stephen, you know, Stephen had a very powerful ministry. 
do you think that he knew that he was going to get stoned mm-hmm. at that moment in time? I mean, he's like rolling in his ministry, right? He was a rolling stone. You know, so I don't know that Joseph knew that all this was going to play out. No, he had the dream. He was probably holding fast to that. And he was probably sure. like us. They had an idea of what that, how that dream was going to be fulfilled, not what he actually went through. Yeah, but I, I think, um, you know, the whole face-to-face thing, I think the most, um, well, maybe say the most important, but it's critically important that we do what we're called to do today. Mm-hmm. Stephen did what he was called to do in the moment, right? Yes. And that moment was all he had. Yeah. But it changed the course of history, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, as long as, you know, I mean, Joseph, you know, as long as he was doing what he was supposed to do in the moment, you know, the Lord caused his will to be fulfilled. It's, you know, when we get, you know, when we step out of that purpose and we get our eyes off, you know, when we fall out of the way, mm-hmm. I think that's when we really, you know, that's that's when we miss out on what the Lord has for us. So that face-to-face and being in the moment and doing what the Lord called us to do. I mean, we, you know, we, we want to look down the road and see where he's calling us and, and do the work that he's called for us. I don't mean, you know, just don't think ahead, mm-hmm. but focus on that task that he has for us. Um, yeah, I just, I think in this, um, on the first page in verse 7, where, you know, we're Joseph's telling his brother, you know, God sent me before you to preserve you for posterity. You know, that is in hindsight. That is looking back and seeing how things played out mm-hmm. and seeing how the hand of the Lord was evident in that. Um, but again, when, when he was cast into the pit, he uh, had no idea. He didn't know it was going to turn out. Yeah. So, anyway. And that's all, you know, part of walking in faith as long as we're face to face with God and staying close to Him, you know. We just walk in faith as to what he says he's going to do. You know, we believe it, and we just walk towards that. And um, thank you, everybody, for your great comments um, and for taking some of my time. <laughs> um, yes, you know, there's, there's, these, are all, these are all perfect comments, and um, I think every one of them plays in this year of wisdom where we've been told by God repeatedly that this is a year of breakthrough, it's a year of going forward. And and I think I think we should be praying for the individuals that God is going to open. That they're, you know, I got I'm revisiting the comments that have been offered here. Some people, whether it's from our former movement or not, will recognize, you know, if I do this, there's going to be ramifications. If I accept this, we may get jazzed. There may be some who say, if we accept these people, then the crazy stuff we did to them is going to be made known. Now, I'm not going to back it. And, you know, there could be all kinds of things like that. But for, and, and so I'm in agreement with everything that's been said from our perspective. This, this word, uh, fall not up by the way, I just did some research. And it's funny because I don't normally bring my phone in here, but the word said take it today because there's going to be something you need to look up. 
And this is a word that's used to describe when a horse in battle or any other place, when there are threatening noises or things that would arise, that the horse would bolt and run away. And, and, you know, there have been so many things that the enemy has tried to say to me, and I know that he said to other people about this year, you know what, you, you're, you're not going to be able to go and do these things. Um, you know, I'm going to put an obstacle here. I'm going to create fear because you can't go there. And this has been very real. You know, I'm not gotten up and saying it. You just keep pressing forward, but this has been almost a daily onslaught for the enemy, telling me that I'm not going to be able to do these things, for a number of reasons. And that, and I, I believe, you know, like these guys, with all the things that have been said, you look at the treasures they were carrying. I mean, they had 300 talents of silver, they had 10 changes of garment, they had all kinds of animals, they had, they had a treasure trove they were going with. And um, I, I know that the enemy, with all the things that have been said, the enemy would also say to them, golly, we're, we're a, like uh, Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid, we've just come back with the payroll, the banditos are going to be attacking us. And, and I feel like we are entrusting people with treasures, and I think the enemy would like to put that, he'd like for us to be spooked as and what we need to be is, is a goodly, an honorable horse in battle, God's goodly horse in battle, so that we are so imprinted by what he says that no matter what's going on around us, we're going to stick. So this, all of this is great. This word really does touch on all of these factors that have been said. The recipients, um, the what they're dealing with in their head about talking to their father or what might happen when they come back, what they may lose, but also um, the treasures, the, the process of taking the treasures and restoring covenant and empowering the place where God wants to soon. All of those are factors for, for us. And I think as so often in the case, we have to overcome so that we can still utilize the crown God gives through that to influence these other people. But it, it's always that domino effect with God. You know, you have to you have to be free before you can bring free. You have to you have to commit before you convince others to commit. You have to have a, a genuine experience before you can say. Uh, I can't be disobedient to the heavenly vision. Now, so the rest of you brothers here in Jerusalem, this is of God. You know, Paul, I, I was just writing a chapter about the apocalypsis and how Paul had this amazing take the lid off and look in and the Lord was teaching him in that. And then when he came out of that school, the apocalypsis commanded him to go and speak to the elders. And to say, this is what God said. This is what I have. And they had to accept it because they knew it was from God. So there's the, the prospect not only of these guys. I don't know. We don't really know what Joseph was going through. But um, I, I know that 
I know that this is a very real factor for us as well at this time frame because uh, there's so many factors that would say you can't do it, even though we've got the treasures, even though we've got the positions, even though we've got, um, you know, the, the timetable of the Lord, even though we've got prophetic words that have saturated us, that this is what's happening. I, I just think this, I, I agree with everybody else in all the things that have been said, and every one of them are part of this. But for our house, we, we've got to say, we're the goodly horse of the Lord in battle. We've got the table that's full of provision. We're going to we're going to provide this, and we're going to counsel. We can't give in to any fear. We can't give in. Okay, and there's been a lot of been a lot of nonsense that's happened. I mean, just and again, I'm not giving credit to the enemy. I mean, it just seems like every day there's something that you have to overcome, and I hate that. I, I detest that. But then, as I pray through it, I recognize it's in the overcoming. Mm -hmm. And standing, when you've done all to stand, stand there. And, um, um, you know, I, there's a whole lot more I can say, but I'm going to stop. Well, you know, talking about the horse and, you know, racehorses, they put blinders on them so that they don't see what's going on on either side and they're not spooked but they're not seeing what this horse over here is doing or this horse over here is doing. They're, they've got those blinders, and they have a goal, and they, they go for it. And um, we need to be that way and not be pulled or not be concerned <coughs> with what's over here or what's over there. And I don't think anybody in this network, um, in this house and in, in the network, are that way. I don't think we look over here for something or over here for I something. I think we all do it. You think so? Well, of course we all do it. I mean, yes, we all get out of alignment. We well, we all, do get out of alignment. We're all distracted. There are things that... that but I don't think we're course. seeking, you know, no. anything well, else. But. No, absolutely not. But it's still it's still part of the law. Right. That is still, And it's part of our training. It's part of our development. It's part of overcoming. I mean, it, you know, all of that is part of how we get to a position of authority mm -hmm. in order to actually displace the enemy. I mean, without that, then you don't actually know what to do when you're in that, you know, scenario where it actually has some merit. It's actually mm -hmm. doing something for the kingdom. It's not just, I mean, your overcoming is for your overcoming, but when you do something for the kingdom's overcoming, you know, and that's yeah. what we're being trained for. Yeah, and we do get distracted, you know, and that's why it's so important for us to stay face to face with God so that, you know, he brings us back into alignment. You've got to be your own blinders. I mean, I, pastors preach this a thousand times, you know, about policing yourself. Mm -hmm. That's what that blinder is. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's there. But, you know, what do you, you know, you've got, you have to police your own reaction. You have to police how you move forward in the midst of, you know, what, what things are going on. Mm -hmm. Very true. Nancy? Yes. <clears throat> it's interesting how the word just speaks to us so powerfully in different ways. But I've been thinking about how much he was a dreamer. And um, in scripture, we only have a few of the dreams. They were very powerful dreams. Uh, they give us a lot of information. But that dream that he had, that he shared with his brothers, that put him in the pit, 
Um, obviously, he was very young. And uh, he didn't have much favor in that family because mm -hmm. he was one of the youngest. His brother was younger. But, um, you know, I can just imagine what it was like day to day, always getting put down. And so I think the fact that he had that dream, he was delighted because, you know, he kind of wanted to show them up. Uh, but we also know that when we are release dreams, um, we have to use wisdom and a great deal of maturity um, when to release them, um, especially when they're very personal dreams. And um, I'm sure his whole life he was guided with dreams. We just, we don't have the privilege of knowing what those were. Mm -hmm. And I think um, probably initially if he hadn't uh, spouted off so soon, um, I'm not saying that he wouldn't have been thrown in the pit, but it might not have been as severe in the early days. If probably he had held back. But I, I mean, I understand why. I, I probably would have done the same thing, you know, if I had older sisters, I don't know. But uh, the Lord's been speaking to me about that. And um, I'm a dreamer too, and I have to write them down or I'm going to forget them because there's too many. Mm -hmm. I love that I dream, but uh, it's just an abundance. And sometimes I don't know uh, what to do. And I just have to keep praying about it. But I'm very faithful to record them, you know, and keep them. Um, and I think that phrase, I think that's what triggered it in me, that verse 24, where you will fall not out of the way. Um, I, I think for me, it was, you know, I think you spoke too soon, you know, sharing that dream. Very powerful. Your life is going to change. But you probably should have, you know, waited more on my timing to release that. So. Yeah, just an observation to what you said. There's there's a, no other record. I don't, I'm pretty sure I'm thinking back, but there's no other record of him volunteering a dream. It was always sort of pulled out of him. There was no record of him just that like he did then. He mm -hmm. volunteered that. He did. To speak that dream, but I, there's no record of him ever doing that again. Learned his lesson. And dreams are powerful, you know, speaking purpose. But, yeah, I think he should have held back. <laughs> um, so so that is my... Well, that's yes, my, oh, I think it's going to happen, but I don't know if that it would have been as severe as what I was saying. Yeah. So that's the, the first point I wanted to make, um, is that we stay on the pathway that God has chosen for us, and... Um, and, and staying on that pathway does require our being face-to-face -face with him in close relationship. And because Matthew said in chapter 24 that if it were possible, um, false Christs and false prophets would deceive even the very elect. And I think as saints that uh, we qualify as, as the elect. And so I think it's very, you know, I think it's important that we stay close to the Father and and so that we're not deceived. And um, so that leads me to the second part of this twofold lesson. Um, Matthew 10, verse 16 reads, um, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. wolves. There's that whistle again. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. 
So the word sin here is our very familiar word, apostello, um, one who is set apart and sent out to the appointed place. And um, with the ancients, the serpent was an emblem of cunningness and wisdom. And um, everybody's probably seen the emblem of the serpent with the, the saying, don't tread on me. And that was, that came about in the late 1700s when an American general uh, designed a flag that depicted a serpent um, coiled and ready to strike with the words, don't tread on me, um, positioned below it. And similar emblems were used by the Navy and the Marines and the Army. And in some courthouses, they display this, this emblem. And if you've ever been called to jury duty in Dallas, and you've probably been in that huge room where all the potential jurors gather, and they have that hanging on the wall there. And the, the rattlesnake symbol was first officially adopted by the Continental Congress in 1778 when it approved the design for the official seal of the War Office. Um, and at that time and for many years thereafter, the War Office was a term associated with the headquarters of the Army. And at the top center of the seal, uh, of their emblem is a rattlesnake holding a banner that says, this will defend. And according to the U.S. Army's Institute of Herald Heraldry, um, this, this will defend phrase um, on the scroll held by the rattlesnake is a symbol depicted on some of our American colonial flags and it signifies the Army's constant readiness to defend and preserve the United States. Um, so this is not a lesson on serpents, but as, Im as important as it is to defend our country, it's even more important for us to defend our calling and our purpose from the Father. And, and Pastor, no matter what the enemy tries to tell you, we, we are going and we are going into the darkness with the light. So we are going to defend our calling. <laughs> um, and then, So back to this verse, to be wise as serpents. Um, this word wise is phronemos, and it means to be thoughtful, thoughtful or sagacious or discreet. Um, and it, it implies a cautious character. And um, <coughs> this word sagacious means having a profound knowledge and understanding of the world combined with intelligence and good judgment. And um, speaking spiritually, um, the Lord has poured into this house profound knowledge and understanding. Uh, and um, we take that and we go forth um, with good judgment in the Lord. And phronemos is derived from phreo, which means to rein in or to curb the feelings, the mind, or cognitive faculties, the faculty of perceiving and judging. So this is the point that I want to make here, is that um, the enemy is extremely cunning and crafty and seemingly more so in these days that we live in and the things that the Lord has called us to do, he's, he, the enemy is, is kind of on our heels. And um, 
And it's like he's working overtime to deceive or to cause us to, to fall or to waver. Um, and he knows that his days are numbered because the saints have come marching in. <laughs> and we're going to keep marching. And we're taking back what the Lord has, you know, what is the Lord's, what belongs to him. We're taking it back. And I'm not going to go into detail, um, but what prompted this, uh, what this part was, um, you know, the first part is to stay the course, to stay on the path. Um, but recently I had, a, I'll just call it a spiritual incident, and to be honest, it caught me quite off guard. And, um, and during this, this incident, my mind was just a whirl. And um, it was going in myriad directions all at one time. And the things that I knew to be truth, they were just pushed way back here at the farthest reaches of my mind. And my mind is just a whirl. And I, I guess I felt a little bit like Daniel, you know, when he said the cogitations of his head trouble him because I was in a state for sure. And um, I mean, my, my thoughts were all over the place. And um, it was like an intrusion into my mind and into my emotions. And because it's so profoundly, it touched my emotions. And um, so uh, suffice it to say, I was made keenly aware of how cunning and crafty the enemy is and the lengths that he'll go to in order to deceive even the elect. And so um, we have to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And, um, and that took me to um, this scripture in Philippians 2, starting with verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then moving to 13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure, do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, and the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. So we are taking the light into the darkness, and we must have the mind of Christ and keep the mind of Christ. Keep it fresh. We, I can't stress enough how vital that is. Um, because the enemy is, he's cunning and tricky. So, um, so that is just my word for today is that, you know, we just stay face-to-face -face with the Father and let our minds be constantly renewed and having the mind of Christ so that we um, can go forward and fulfill the calling of God on this house and on our individual lives. Well, Nancy, the thing that I want to, I want to really stress, because I think it's, it's helped me, I mean, all, obviously in any moment when you're dealing with some taxing stress or challenge or whatever, I mean, you, your mind, you deal with the frustration of it, you know, you kind of emotionally lash out, where you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to deal with this, whatever, whatever your response is. But we have to recognize that that we have we have to deal with the enemy. We have to face the enemy. We have to overcome. There there is no way to the end without overcoming. 
And, you know, Pastor from day one has said, you know, there's no peace without a battle. There's going to be a battle. So there's no way around that. And we have to uh, further acknowledge that, that God uses that as our training ground. Mm -hmm. The enemy is not pulling one over on God and getting one in on the side that he is not aware of. Mm -hmm. Everything that you're facing, yes, there are things that we cause ourselves. I mean, there's just no way around our own stupidity sometimes. But for the most, and God uses that too. I mean, seriously, even Joseph talk, talking about his dream. I mean, mm -hmm. God uses our natural proclivities and our, you know, those, our own, you know, personal lust or all those things. He uses those things still to obtain his own aim. We have to realize that God's, God is always in it to bring us to the place of, of overcoming. Right. And that is always what his purpose is, but we still have to do it. He, you know, he can't be the parent that, that does everything for us. Mm -hmm. We actually have to do it. And so, you know, we, I, I'm, I don't like any of it. I mean, some of the stuff, I'm just like, why? I, don't, I said this to God, why do I have to go through this when I already know why I have to go through <laughs> it? You know what I mean? But you still, yeah. you just can't understand sometimes because of what it is seems so unfair. But there's always a lesson in it. You know, it's like when people, like the movement that that treated us so heinously, I mm -hmm. feel. Like, they, those are people who should have known better. Yeah. Right? Right. So when you look at someone who should have known better than to, to do you a certain way, that's the frustration. So you kind of, you, you feel like you have a right to be upset about it because you were wrong. Mm -hmm. Joseph had a right to be upset. He was completely wrong. He did nothing to deserve being put in the pit. I don't care what anybody says about him bragging about the dream. That's still not you death just don't party. do that, to, especially to your <laughs> brothers and sisters. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, so that's the point of it is always going to be God's purpose being fulfilled in us, mm -hmm. and that is the way it is going to occur. That's the only way we're going to be changed. Mm -hmm. It's the only way that things within us are revealed. I mean, you don't know that you have something going on in your heart unless something pokes at it. And all of a sudden, you want to get your stick out and poke right back. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just think, I, I don't know. I, I don't like going through those things, but I'm so thankful for what God has made me go through these 20 years because I would still be that person from 20 years ago. And, you know, I don't like that person looking back on her. At the time, I was completely unaware, unaware of what... I don't want to give all the scriptures that I'm aware of. But, you know, I'm thankful that he's changed me. Mm -hmm. And it only happened through, through that pressure, you know, through things I had. He made me walk. Joseph was not getting out of this. See, that's the thing. He could not bring his own escape. You know, he had to stay in that. It, he was forced into it. And, and, and God, the, a lot of times, does that with us. He puts in a position that we cannot get out of. And I'm glad. And, and Pastor he trusted. Said, Pastor said, you know, the things he's asked for, he's glad he didn't get the things he asked for. Yeah. You know what I mean? There are things that God requires, and he, he puts that thing around us so we can't get out or around mm -hmm. it or, you know, we can't bypass it. He makes us walk through it. Because I'm telling you, we, we are pretty, when it comes to getting out of stuff, if we could, 
we would, won't we? Oh, yeah. I mean, we <laughs> use our own abilities to get out of stuff if we can. Mm -hmm. And so he makes it so that we can't. <laughs> you know, and, and Joseph trusted the Lord all those years. And then, you know, and look what it brought. It brought we the don't deliverance. know what all the cogitations were between him and the relationship was because it doesn't discuss anything. But you know that Joseph wasn't just like on this rose path, like, oh, I know this is all about you, God. You know, you know, he had to question what the heck was going on because he went through some horrible things, you know. Yeah, but anyway, regardless, he, you know, we're in the same position, you know, and that's also another way that relationships are developed. I mean. You have those discussions with the Lord. You let, and then you let him, you know, you have to discuss those things. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't want to be a complete whiner, but, you know, I think I that's... Know, there were a lot of people that whined in the book of Psalms, and I mean, all through, I mean, you don't stay in it, is the point. You but you discuss whine. it. I mean, and he knows. He, yeah. yeah, you discuss what's going on. You know, I don't want to be a complainer or a murmur, but... God, this is happening. This is happening. This is, and like he doesn't know. But God, this is happening. This is happening. This is. Did you know this? And then they did this. And then, you know, but then I'm just going to meditate upon and then you, Lord. Man, you're wearing me out with your words. Right? And he looks at me and does the same thing. All of us. I think we do wear him out sometimes with our words. But he still doesn't give us what we deserve. I mean, he's just totally different. But Nancy, can I say something about this Philippians? Sure. Yeah. I. You know, it starts off by focusing on the mind. And a lot of open face, I know there's, you know, in warfare, there is some intense mental warfare that's been going on the last six months, or probably longer than that. I mean, intense. And it's been that way for a lot of reasons, but, you know, preparing us for um, what we're walking in and stepping into in wisdom and revelation. But um, the mind, is, is, is the thing that gets challenged the most. And then you can have, there, there's physical ramifications when you're wrestling against a principality, especially a, a ruler of the darkness over, over the world, different parts of the world. And um, um, in doing that, you can be very, can, you, our mind can get contaminated by the junk that these rulers emit. Yeah. I'm telling you, they, and, you know, pastors talk a lot about it, and, you know, uh, you can feel when, when you're in intercession, being in a dark place that God's identified and said, you go in there, I'm going to let your spirit sense it, you're going to feel it, it's real. I mean, we're not talking fake stuff here. Right. I mean, these guys don't want to relinquish any of their domain at all, and they're going to push back, and so that's a lot of what we face, but... We don't need to let that, that needs to be an indicator to us that we are right where God wants us to be. And as we do that, this mind that he's talking about here, I like that he says he's working that, working it, uh, the energy of God is working in us for what? To will and do his good pleasure. So it's always focused on that. But then he brings in the, 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 the two opposing things, murmurings and just disputings that would try to come against us, but then he goes right back and says, but I want you to be blameless, harmless, and there's a focus on sonship. Um, and then as that begins to manifest within us, but he, and then he brings in crookedness and perverseness uh, uh, on a national scale, and then he says, but in the midst of that, my 
my ultimate intent is that my light within you is going to shine in the midst of the world that we are being called to step into these dark places. They are so dark. And I'm not glorifying the enemy, but you have to identify the enemy and, and, and then you can step into points of overcoming. And I, and I know we are in overcoming. Mm -hmm. We're there. Mm -hmm. Things have drastically changed spiritually. We still face it, but the mental warfare that's been going on from, from wrestling these, these rulers and, and other forms of darkness, the Lord is he, he's there with us. He yeah. does not want us to be overcome by the darkness. We overcome it. Uh, through him, and, and I'm learning that, and it, like all of us in this room, is, is you know, even though you feel like for me, I, I felt um, a lot of mis misery and a lot of turmoil and despair and different types of things like that. And, and I'm learning to say, okay, I, I know this is a di different level, it is, <laughs> it's, um, but anyway, I just think this is very interesting and crucial for us to know that God is. His energy within us wants to do, is willing and doing and wanting us to be successful, and it's based off His good pleasure within us. And um, so, thank you, Mark. Any other comments? I have one quick one, just basically on what Mark was saying. You know, that's why it's so important for us to renew our minds daily. Mm -hmm. um, and I can only speak for myself that when I have an issue going on, it's not positive. You know, oftentimes when it hits me the most is right when I wake up. And, you know, that right when you wake up really sets the tone for the rest of your day. Mm -hmm. And if you don't take those thoughts captive under the obedience of Christ at that moment and start speaking God's good will over your life, then your day is probably going to just continue to spiral <laughs> downward. Um, and, it, and it really doesn't matter. I mean, no matter where you are in whatever stage of success or not success, you're going to have those those, those moments. Um, and it's not how do we not have those moments. It's what do we, what do we do when we are in those moments. Mm -hmm. um, and we need to take those thoughts captive. Yeah, and cast down imaginations and proclaim what the Lord has for us. Because the enemy wants us to proclaim what he has for us. Right. Mm -hmm. So that leads me to casting down high things. So what is the knowledge of God? I mean, what is it? I mean, what has he said? I'm saying that rhetorically. I know that we are to be overcomers. That is that knowledge. And anything that would come against that, that, that thought, Take it captive. Well, that the, the, the passage. I mean, I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Yeah. You know, proclaim those, mm -hmm. right? And really? in the place of those negative thoughts. Yeah, I'm just saying. In addition to that, the scripture's great, but, but man, I am an intercessor. You know, I may be in the midst of warfare, but I'm going to overcome. And really, practically, just saying that out loud. It, it, sometimes you, you you don't feel like saying it. I mean, you just you don't. And you just really don't. You're thinking, is this really going to do any good? But then, you know, you just kind of made it worse by saying that. So you got to, and so just, we got to remember our place at the right hand and know that we function there and we have the, the, the authority of God within us to, 
to take dominion of that mm -hmm. because we are far above. We wrestle that, but we're still far above it. Mm -hmm. And and I, I constantly tell myself that in these days that we're moving forward is if we're taking light into the darkness, the darkness is not happy. They hate our guts, and we're going to feel the darkness. There's no way around it. But we're also going to have the light of the Lord shining brightly within us and around us, and the glory of the Lord being our rear reward, or whatever that word is, I think that was it. And He's there with us and going to defend us. But this idea of, you know, we think, well, we're not going to feel the darkness. It doesn't say that. That's foolish. I mean, we, we, are, we are in times where these rulers of the darkness of this world, if they are, they are, they don't play. Mm -hmm. I mean, they. But neither does. I mean, God's far above them. Uh, and, I, and I've got to evangelistically, you know, the gifts that we all have. I've got to constantly tell myself, don't be overcome by that. Overcome whatever it is that the Lord is allowing us to feel and sense and perceive, because His objective is overcome mm -hmm. all the time. That's what He wants us to do. He doesn't want us to fail. He doesn't, even if we did kind of fail in our thinking, He's right there to pick us up if we turn to Him. Yeah. And it's, um, we can't, we can't, we try to take, do things in our own strength, but the mental warfare and these, these thoughts that these dark beings are injecting, man, it's, it, it's at a different level, mm -hmm. but the Spirit of God within us it can help us. And that's why all these years, the, the relationship aspect of this, it's the breath of God breathing in us continually, not only praying here, but also our mind is connected to our spirit. And, and those two, well, when His breath is breathing in us, man, we, we, can, oh, we feel like we can take the, take the world, I mean, because of His spirit within us. So we don't have to do it alone. We can't do it alone. I guess that's my, my other point. Yeah. And I've been in points where I thought I was going to be... Um, <laughs> We all have where you thought you were going to be overtaken by whatever it is you're, you're, you're walking through. But His Spirit has always, always been there to help realign the mind and clean out all the garbage that's in there and get us to think like this. Mm -hmm. Because that's the way He thinks all the time. And, so. you know, we've had profound teaching on yeah. for a number of years on how God thinks, and we have to have that mind of Christ. We have to think the way He does and, and function that way. And talking about, you know, our spirits, you know, I'm reminded of the verse that says, um, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. So we have that overcoming spirit. And um, but we need to stay in that place of relationship with God that, um, you know, it's it's, that's what's at the forefront of whatever it is we're facing and, and overcome with him. So. The time. Oh, the time. Okay. So thank you for everybody's comments, and it's time to dismiss. Thank you.